You know, I admire you, Hank. You always know when to fight and when to run. Guess that's why you've survived so long. I never run, Danny. I just wait. Johns and you are listening to the only hashtag WrestleCast in the hashtag WrestleCast Nation hosted by an ex-truth teller such as myself. We welcome you to the show. If this is your first time joining us on the show, welcome. If this is your second, your third, or even your fourth time joining us on the show, well, welcome back. And well, we got we got a lot to cover here on the show. This is going to be another episode of the Chicago PD Files. Um, 010703. That's for season seven, episode three, which premiered uh, a couple nights ago, Wednesday, October 9th, uh, 2019. This morning, uh, the date is, uh, well, today is Friday, October 11th, 2019, and we're coming to you live from another truck ride into town. It's uh, the sun's not up yet, the people aren't out and about. I haven't had my morning coffee. I'm going to get one of those when I get into town. Um, and we're bringing you some Chicago PD coverage. So welcome once again. If you're unfamiliar of the show, well, we don't really need to get into the ins and outs to the sordid history of this show. Uh, the prior truth-telling operation I had spanning multiple websites, AM radio station, uh, an internet station, a podcast. We had fans from all over going on the forums and talking about their constitutional rights and how to protect them, etc., etc. We had a space alien from outer space with nothing better to do than listen to my show, even though he hated it so much. Apparently, he felt the need to come down from outer space and interfere with my show, take away the hard work of my blood, sweat, and tears, destroy it in front of me, in front of my family, and steal my voice for a couple years. Uh, that was almost two years ago. Well, it was almost three years ago at this point, but he stole my voice for a couple of years. I was unable to speak. I was unable to communicate vocally, verbally, with uh, my family. I did learn a bit of sign language, but what I spent most of my time doing was kind of sulking around and watching the WWE Network get in touch, getting back in touch with one of my first true loves, uh, hobby-wise, and that is professional wrestling world. And uh, once my voice came back, my wife and I decided it would be okay for me to return to broadcasting. I'm a third-generation broadcaster, first-generation podcaster. I've got it in my bones, I've got it in my blood, and I wanted to bring something entertaining to you. I wanted to bring the very best in professional wrestling news and opinion, so I created the hashtag WrestleCast Ring of Tyranny. Uh, Under the pretense that not truth-telling, as it were, sometimes referred to as conspiracy theorizing. Of course, that is absolutely not what we were doing. We were telling the truth. Uh, as far as we weren't doing that, we thought uh, we would be un, uh, unharassed, not harassed, by the space alien, uh, previously known as Skinner, currently known as Dweebus, uh, also previously known as Sammy Callahan, Curry Man, uh, Ernest the Cat Miller, Christian Cage. He's, he's gone by many names uh, because... As we've covered in the show before, and if you really want to get down into the nitty-gritty of these details, you can uh, go and listen to the 40 or so episodes that constitute Season 1 and the 12, uh, 11 or 12 episodes that constitute Season 2 of this show. 
you can go listen to those and you'll find that um Dweebus, a.k.a. Skinner, a.k.a. Sammy Callahan, Curryman, Christian Cage, Ernest the Cat Miller, he, while his uh, race of alien people, well, they're, they're not really people, they're space aliens, while their race of space aliens was able to, uh, is, you know, was able to develop the technology to contact Earth, to get, to get to us, to invade our planet, and where we may not have had the capability, or never having, we never had to, to develop that capability to contact a space alien race such as himself, as far as NASA and our government's announcements, uh, told us. Even though they were able to create that, their parallel evolving society was not able to come up with the internet. So he was unable to Google uh, the names that he was choosing for himself as he interfered with this podcast. Because as we changed over to a wrestling format, we found that that uh, peaked uh, if if peaked that space aliens' interest, if not as much, even more than my truth-telling operation. Because I guess he has nothing better to do than to, to listen to my shows and figure out ways to interfere with them. So, the space alien known as Dweebus, a.k.a. Curryman, a.k.a. Christian Cage, Skinner, Sammy Callahan, Ernest the Cat Miller, he, he came, uh, and, well, he didn't come back to Earth just yet, but he did begin to interfere in my podcast, in my hashtag WrestleCast, because uh, he was listening to it and he was becoming such a big fan of WWE that he couldn't contain himself, like many of the fans of WWE. Uh, but unfortunately for us, uh, as the WrestleCast developed, as I began listening to more hashtag WrestleCast in the hashtag WrestleCast Nation, I began to see that there were, I mean, there's plenty and plenty. Uh, there's there's WrestleCast upon WrestleCast upon WrestleCast upon WrestleCast upon WrestleCast. Hundreds of thousands of WrestleCasts covering WWE exclusively, if not 90% of the time, and I decided it would be okay for me to kind of dial back on the WWE. I mean, after all, how many uh, WrestleCasters have the time to keep up with, uh, you know, 10 to 20 hours of programming a week anyway? I know I didn't, so I had to dial it back on the WWE, and we began covering MLW Fusion a little more exclusively. We began covering Impact a little more exclusively as they were not as heavy uh not as heavy commitments as far as uh wrestle viewing was concerned so so that upset the space alien very much as as i said he was listening to our wrestlecast and he was becoming quite a fan of wwe he became upset that we weren't covering as much wwe and he began interfering with the show even more going so far as to block our prediction podcast and put out his own uh so Anyway, at that point, I decided to give the space alien a chance. I was like, well, he's going to be interfering any- anyway. He contacted our RSS feed owner, was trying to write a book about me with the RSS feed owner under my nose. He was trying to contact other people through uh, via our executive producer, Bernie Presido, who used to work tirelessly to bring you this show. I'm not totally sure where he is now, but I think he's doing okay. The space alien... Uh, began to interfere so much that I decided, well, you know what, I'm just going to let this guy, well, well, he's not really a guy, again, he's a space alien, I'm just going to let him have his own, uh, I'm just going to let him have his own, uh, his own segment on the show. We had multiple new segments coming around, we had Bernie's Pick Flicks, we had this and that, we had a Chicago PD review, and so at that point, the black, the men in black, in the black helicopters and the black cars swarmed the organic farming operation my daughter had set up somewhere in Texas. I'd rather not be specific. And they began knocking on the door and who knows what else, putting bug, bug, bugs in the house and knocking on the door and, uh, you know, basically telling us they were onto us, which eventually I explained to Special Agent Clinton of the FDI that 
this wasn't my doing. If I had my say, the space alien wouldn't have anything to do with me or my family. He'd be far away into outer space or wherever the heck it is he resides. Instead, he's obsessed with WWE. He's demanding that I give him more time a day, that I give him, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, it may be a bad idea to decide to give him a segment, but we never aired the segment, never actually happened. So that's working in my favor. And as I've said before, I had begun watching Chicago PD. We had a very successful Chicago PD tweet. We had a very successful uh, Chicago PD tweet that read, can't, dot, 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 stop, dot, 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 watching, dot, 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 at NBC Chicago PD on the Twitter. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Ring of Tyranny, at R-I-N-G-O-F-T-Y-R-A-N-N-Y at gmail.com. Well, no, 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 that's our email. I just go to at Ring of Tyranny on Twitter. If you want to send us an email, we appreciate your emails, criticism, comments, uh, complaints. Uh, you can send those to Ring of Tyranny, R-I-N-G-O-F-T-Y-R-A-N-N-Y at gmail.com. And uh, we will uh, read them there. We do appreciate it. We appreciate the support. We appreciate the non-support. We appreciate any kind of contact whatsoever. It's nice to know someone's listening to the show, and I do apologize for those yawns. As I said, it's early morning. Uh, it's a truck ride into town. The sun's not up yet. I'm a man. So, uh, all these things are happening willy-nilly. Uh, you know, people people interfering, space aliens interfering with the podcast, men in black coming to try to shut down the podcast, I presume, thinking they, they're kind of under the wrong impression. So, we got to know Special Agent uh, Clinton, I would imagine he's listening to these episodes of the show because uh, he is a Chicago PD fan, like many of us have uh, been or have become. And uh, he also supplied me with the DEB grade throat lozenges that are uh, soothing my throat and able to, uh, you know, I'm able to podcast in a more clear voice, which I think we used to actually get email complaints about uh, the voice and uh, Special Agent Clinton himself referred to uh, my natural voice as grading irritating and downright annoying so uh, uh that's cleared up now we've got i've got a normal voice got a normal podcast coming to you almost every day uh out here you know we're just driving down these country roads folks we're driving down these country roads in this truck and uh we just want to bring you something you want to listen to and so we're covering aew dynamite which we covered in our last episode oh, oh excuse me and now uh, we're uh we're catching up on the Chicago PD season seven. Uh, we had recapped a little bit. We brought you up to speed in the last couple episodes of the Chicago PD files, but this might just become a once a week thing. Um, you know, unless, uh, we start reviewing the episodes on ION, but there's no real way to keep up with those, uh, because they kind of come in and go and go so fast. So I'm going to number these, the Chicago PD files and, uh, keep the numbers 0701 0702 that's season seven episode two if we get to season six it'll be 0601 0602 etc etc if you want to investigate you can uh, search through the podcast records uh that way you know pretend you're one of the one of the one of the members of of, 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 of intelligence of chicago intelligence and start investigating for yourself the uh the wonderful world of fiction that is chicago pd anyway this week the episode Three, season seven, 0703 of the Chicago PD Files, Familia. This episode uh, seemed, well, the focus of this episode seemed to be introducing a new character. I assume this character is meant to kind of replace Angelo Dawson, who, as we know, was taken to rehab by, uh, by uh, Hank Voigt uh, after, uh, you know, following a, a trail of empty pill bottles. They found Ange Antonio Dawson and they took him to rehab. 
uh, where he's safe and sound and unable to uh, take a bunch of pills and get messed up and accidentally push people out windows that Ruzik had to take the fall for and go to jail for and is still currently being investigated for, uh, even though Hank Voigt uh, is trying to do what he can to get uh, internal affairs off Ruzik's back. Uh, Ruzik, you know, was popping up here and there. Uh, it looked like, I mean, he wasn't really in the field, but he might be, they might be easing up on him because he was actually in the office. I mean, last episode we saw Ruzek, he was drunk in a park and, you know, Trudy called him out on it. He was calling in, he was calling in, uh, for backup or calling in, calling in, trying to call in an arrest from a park when, uh, you know, he didn't really have any authority and Trudy, Trudy showed up and she was like, Ruzek, are you drunk? You smell like booze. And, and, uh, you know, she told Hank, you better hurry because this guy is going to fall into a pit of alcohol and drown uh, if he doesn't get back on the job. So, Hank, I don't know. Ruzek was around the office doing office work, and maybe that's uh, what we decided to say. Oh, excuse me. I do apologize for the yawning, but uh, I'm a man. Uh, he was uh, doing doing some, some help work. and Well, so the episode started with Officer Kevin, who was kind of the kind of doing the heavy lifting on uh, last week's episode, uh, investigating the drug dealers and whatnot. This episode started with Officer Kevin and new recruit uh, Vanessa Rojas, who was recently polled out of undercover duty uh, to try and uh, kind of have a trial with intelligence, I suppose you could call it. She uh, you knows this tiny little thing. Uh, starts off with a carjacking, and they're just privy to. They're in. A, I think they're getting coffee, and they and they hear the carjacking going on outside. So they're running around with their with their guns, uh, trying to stop these carjackers. Um, and uh, you know, I was thinking when I saw this, I'm thinking, oh uh, <laughs> man, living in Chicago, you know, if this if this show is uh, any kind of basis in the truth, you know, it must be kind of scary to see these these uh intelligence officers running around with their guns pointed i mean vanessa uh, uh rojas was pretty much just walking around with her gun pointed straight out uh she didn't end up taking any shots because the car uh jackers they were chasing ran into a truck and uh you know kind of stumbled out of the car uh and ran one of them got away one of them fired off a shot at uh, at detective rojas um but when she got up caught up to him he had fallen over a fence and was uh, graphically impaled by, uh, you know, pointy, pointy uh, spikes, iron rods coming out of the fence, which I don't, I, I believe is not the first time, you know, I believe that's not the first time we've seen someone get impaled on a wrought iron fence. Uh, uh, I believe it's actually possibly the second, the third or fourth time we've seen that in this show, but I'd have to go back and do a deep review to figure out which one. I might be thinking of, of a different show. But either way, very graphic. Um, and then, uh, you know, they they bring Officer Rojas back to the station. They're talking about the carjackers because I guess this is a uh, serious enough crime. Or, you know, I guess it's because maybe they were firing off shots. The, the intelligence unit, voice unit, decides that this is worth investigating. They got a, a picture of a gun on, uh, on the board there and they've got pictures of the carjackers and, uh, basically Voight splits up the teams. He puts officer Rojas with, uh, oh, with, uh, Halston and, uh, takes Upton, splits Upton off from Halstead. Oh no. He puts Upton with officer Rojas and puts Halstead with Burgess. Burgess, this is a team, uh, we've never seen. So, uh, those two were kind of getting a feel for each other and, and he split Upton 
away uh, from Halstead, and 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 I was kind of thinking, oh, it's because Upton has a habit of getting too cozy with her partners. But uh, Hank Voigt tells Upton he needs her to monitor Detective Vanessa Rojas, the new the new one. He's giving her a tryout. He needs to monitor. He says, uh, "What does he say? We don't need we don't need anybody uh, drinking the hero juice out there, or something like that." Well, maybe we'll try to get that clip. It was a great clip. Uh, put it as a sound clip at the start of this episode. Anyway, uh, Upton's a little bit upset about that, but they hit the beat. Halstead and Burgess hit it off real quick. They start they start finding clues all over the map uh, when they find. Uh, so the girl that was carjacked uh, had gotten kind of beat up. And I think they, they get a call and, and they go to a house and she's got she's just stabbed in the heart, in the and right in the heart she's got a stab wound right in the heart she's dead uh, on somebody's doorstep and they bring a couple people in that they think might have done it um, and these guys that they bring in well they find the other the driver of the car basically and they're like find out that the the carjackers from the beginning of the show had uh, stolen the car because. Uh, the lady who'd been stabbed in the heart, who'd been hurt at the beginning of the show, was actually a drug mule uh, pulling, uh, you know, basically the drug dealers they were dealing with had been making phone calls and not showing up and sending these pretty girls in expensive cars to do their work. And as the carjacker said, it was too easy. It was just too easy. Uh, But, you know, uh, the basis of the idea being that Using pretty girls to do your drug smuggling, drug uh, transport activity isn't going to raise too many suspicions. Pretty girls and fast cars, expensive cars, ain't going to raise too many suspicions because it's pretty girl and fast car. Who wants to be suspicious of that? Anyway, uh, we're moving on, and uh, we find there's a kind of there's kind of a whole group of these women, and uh, Rojas is put to the test. She's sent undercover to join this group of uh, drug smuggling ladies. Uh, all kind of, of Hispanic origin, driving expensive cars. And there's a, a lady, uh, I believe her name was Alexis. They call her Alexis. I can't remember the last name, but she's kind of the kingpin. They figure that out because she goes, they're trying to figure out who got this key to what something. Halstead and Burgess figure this one out because Halstead and Burgess are doing pretty good as, as a team, as a unit, as a partnership. Uh, but they find out this lady, Alexis, is, is probably the brains of the operation. They send Detective Rojas in there, and she finds a girl. Right off the bat, arrests a girl and tries to flip her so they can get uh, this Alexis lady on the, uh, on the slab so they can get her, get her on record and take her down. And uh, almost immediately, uh, almost immediately, you know, they're... they're uh, uh, the, the girl's really upset, but she goes in with the camera and she starts telling Alexis, this lady Alexis, this king, Alexis the kingpin, that she knows what she did to the other girls because Rojas had told this girl that her friend who had moved to New York uh, half a year ago had actually been stabbed in the heart because uh, this drug kingpin lady, Alexis, her thing is apparently stabbing girls in the heart uh, with this huge knife. Um, which comes out almost immediately when the girl they sent in undercover uh, starts uh, accusing uh, the kingpin Alexis of uh, these crimes, of killing her friends by stabbing them in the heart. This uh, huge knife almost immediately comes out. She's like, I'm going to stab you, uh, Miha, whatever. And uh, so, so uh, you know, Hank Voigt's like, 
Let's get in there. Let's get in there. Let's get in there. We'll tag her up. And uh, and so they go in. Uh, and Rojas makes the bust. And um, yeah, that was a good episode. Uh, we break Rojas in. Uh, Intelligence is making some waves. I'm not sure really how you know. They. I mean, I guess any carjacking. It's worthy. It's a, it's a probably a good a good uh, method in my opinion to treat any carjacking, any crime as big as small as potential uh, thread leading to a giant ball of yarn. Uh, that is uh, some sort of criminal organization committing other crimes, but uh, that's where this episode took us. Um, Hank Voigt, uh, you know, decides to let Rojas on the team. Episode ends with Upton welcoming Rojas to the team, and there's a sad little moment where uh, she's basically, Rojas admits to being homeless. She's like, I, I was taken from uh, part. They took my undercover apartment. So, uh, Upton, uh, being the, the solid, uh, individual, solid citizen she is, decides, tells Rojas she can live with her. So we're starting, you know, we're starting a little, uh, uh, sorority. I guess Upton and, and, uh, Ruzek's, uh, romance was put to an end, uh, and even put in the grave by, uh, by Ruzek basically taking the fall for Dawson, which I don't even think the whole unit is aware of, but... Ruzek still being investigated by IAB, by Internal Affairs. Oh, excuse me. He's on, uh, he's on probation. We'll see how long that lasts, but the team's coming together. We got, we got a new, a new member of the team, uh, fiery little thing with the, running around with the gun and, uh, you know, the, I guess it's good because I would imagine at this point, these, these drug dealers in Chicago, or at least in this Chicago PD universe would start to be getting to the point where they recognize these six, uh, I mean, Kevin, how many, how many drug dealing, uh, how many drug dealing organizations can Kevin, uh, officer Kevin, you know, infiltrate before they start to recognize him and Halstead especially is very recognizable, especially with his claims in the last episode going around claiming he's got contacts in Juarez. I mean, it's pretty unbelievable. So it's a good thing they've got Detective Rojas. Uh, she's going to be able to slip under the radar. I think she's going to be a good addition to the team. But right now, she's roommating with Upton. Who knows? Maybe maybe it will backfire. Maybe Upton's uh, proclivity to uh, getting a little too close to her partners. Who knows? Maybe these two will get a little too close. We'll see. And I don't mean, you know, I have no problem with, with that. I'm just saying uh, a little too close is in. Uh, you know, work relationships can sometimes become hazardous to the job. But anyway, that was Chicago PD Files 03 or 0703. Uh, Familia. Great episode. I thought a huge improvement from last week's uh, Empire Strikes Back slash Attack of the Clones slash uh, Last Jedi filler episode. And uh, we'll see where this goes. But Officer Rojas, interesting addition to the team. I'm interested to see how it plays out, and, I, and I'm sure we will over the coming weeks. It looks like they, this uh, Chicago PD creative team may have a few tricks up their sleeves. And who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe we have a few tricks up our sleeves as well. But if you're coming here for Chicago PD reviews, if the Chicago PD tweet is what brought you here, we do welcome you. And uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, I hope you enjoyed the Chicago PD review uh, today, the Chicago PD files. Uh, if you'd like to, like I said, send us an email, you can do so at ringoftyranny at gmail.com. That's R-I-N-G-O-F-T-Y-R-A-N-N-Y at gmail.com. Or you could uh, 
go to Patreon. Join our patron bid, who we do hope is doing well. Last we heard, he was in the hospital. He was trying to sue us uh, for taking his money because, as he said, uh, the Pentagon Earth Experience, which uh, was one of the many Earth-shaped uh, organizations that was uh, almost harassing us. You had the Triangle Earth, the, uh, the Flat Earth, the Triangle Earth, the Square Earth, and the Pentagon Earth Experience, the Hexagonal Earth uh, Commission, all those people. Uh, haven't heard from them uh, them in a while, thank goodness, but uh, poor Bid uh, had been attacked by the Pentagon Earth Experience, the P people, uh, who were listening to my show and apparently heard me call Bid a wackadoo and thought I was telling them to whack a dude, and they whacked him up, put him in the hospital, and then he was trying to sue me saying uh, that I was not, uh, he was not actually meaning to be giving me any Patreon funds, but those funds are still coming in, so uh, we do appreciate it, Mr. TEC Bid, and we wanna, we wanna actually play the TEC Bid appreciation song. Uh, we'll play that right here. TEC Bid, thank you for your bid. T-E-C, bad. Thank you for your bid. You commented, but you made history with um, Alan and Bertie. So thank you, patron. Our first patron. <laughs> that was, of course, the T-E-C bid uh, song. If you'd like to join Mr. Bid over at patreon.com slash ringoftyranny, uh, please do so. You can become the second, the third, even the fourth uh, member of uh, the, the, the fourth patron of this show, uh, supporting this show, giving us the means to maybe one day have an actual show set up, uh, you know, giving us the, 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 uh, the time, the, uh, the resources to create, you know, an actual show experience. I mean, maybe, maybe one day we'll get to that. Uh, so go on over to patreon.com slash ring of tyranny if you're going to try to do that. Um, and uh, we do appreciate you listening to the show. Uh, we do hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we're going to be out for the weekend where I might try to catch up on a little bit of MLW so I can bring you an episode of, uh, of a little bit of recap of that. I know there's been some, some great things going on. We've just been so busy out here somewhere in Texas. Uh, I'd rather not be specific. Dealing with uh, law enforcement that, uh, you know, we haven't really been able to keep up. But uh, we'll get back in touch with you next week, folks. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, you know, uh, if, you, if you want to support the show, again, patreon.com slash ringoftyranny. Go to Twitter. It's at ringoftyranny. Go to Gmail, ringoftyranny at gmail.com. Show your support. We're not going to stop you. Uh, keep on uh, being the good citizens of the hashtag WrestleCast Nation that you are. Keep up the good fight, and we'll see you next week. Good morning. Good morning.